gonna I hit Can I go cord. to sleep? No. Uh, uh, and now I'm gonna hit the music. I'll play us in. I'll lower it, and I'll <laughs> intro, and we'll uh, we'll start. Don't fall asleep. He's not, he's fallen asleep before. You got to be kidding! No, I'm <laughs> That's so. Dis- I'm at this age. I, I just I fell into the conversation. The headset is ready. Here we go. Wait, hold on. Let me get the the song. That you're born an Italian If you want your life to be great See that you're born an Italiano And your life will be great From the moment you're a small bambino You eat pizza, you drink vino Then they make you roly-poly You get stuffed with ravioli. If your mama's a paisano, you will have the world on a plate. So see that you're born an Italiano and your life will be great. And life is great for all the Italiani out there. And we are proud to welcome you back to another episode of the Italian American Podcast. Isn't that kind of strong to presuppose that life is great? (laughs) It's a kind of strong yes. generalization. It's broad. You know, it's, it's a pop song. But so it's, we weren't going for deep philosophy. particular to the actual person? I think it, we're saying is that you got a little leg up if you're Italian. That's so that. you're saying by nature of being born an Italian, life yes. is great. Simply, All, right. All right, that's fine. Simply, I just wanted to... As the song fine. instructs, just, see that you're born an Italian... You will get stuffed with ravioli. You will be roly-poly, and life will be great. This is very... If it's good quality ravioli. <laughs> That's right, of course. Well, you know who's here with me today? My uh, co-host extraordinaire, the notorious P.O.B. Can I say something? Because you're, you're going to edit yes, this around. Ahead. Yeah. Uh, one of our listeners, Michael DiSapio, had the kindness to invite me to a dinner, which he had bought a table for. And the table-based conversation was that parsley doesn't work well in frozen raviolis because somehow they become skeevy when they're frozen. <laughs> but if you have fresh ravioli with parsley, that's okay. There was someone strongly advocating that if you're going to have a ravioli that's frozen, if the parsley's frozen somehow, I, I didn't get that. This is the kind of stuff we talk about. But I didn't understand. What makes, why do you have to free, like, why is a frozen. Wait a minute. Can I how much a, of a, our lovely guest No, we're going to edit this and so stick she this at particip- the end. No, no. So I want her to be able to participate in this very important okay. Italian-American conversation. Sitting here with us, <laughs> and the reason she's not walking out right now is because she knows us so well, uh, is a woman that I've known for a good amount of time now who is a uh, real champion of the Italian-American community, an incredibly talented performer. Christina Fontanelli is... An icon of the Italian-American community, particularly here in New York. You are, like, everywhere, all the time. I mean, you've been on, what, multiple national broadcasts you've had done, right? I've been on on PBS. PBS. That was, like, I was so excited to to be. But, you know, my roots are right here in New York City, John, just like yours. But the the community knows you outside of New York. Oh, my gosh, they do. You know, I even have fans in Italy and Japan. I've traveled to Korea. I've sung in the Middle East. I've even sung in Africa. I have the most amazing, funny stories actually being an opera singer on tour (laughs) in Africa. I can only imagine Someday I will tell you these stories. (laughs) Off the record? You know? (laughs) But... um, 
I've sung all over the United States, and I've I started my career. I never expected to be an Italian singer. Yeah. I actually went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. I wanted to be an actress. And you still do acting. I do. Yeah. And I just won. Um, and it's thanks to your work at NIAF. Oh, yeah, that's right. You won yes. the award for that. That's right. Because I was in a little funny comedy. Very that, funny. Oh, it's so funny, right? Yeah. So I won Best Actress in Santino for my 21-minute film. That He's he's kind of brilliant, DJ Higgins. He's kooky and crazy and eccentric in his own way that he wrote this. But it's an opera singer cousin that has comes to Sunday dinner it's called a Santino, and the nonna is upset because her grandson, who's 27, is not married yet. <laughs> so he, she meets this beautiful young woman in the supermarket, invites her for Sunday dinner, and it's the cast of characters at this dinner, you know? Yeah, of course. So I played the opera singer cousin. That's great. And I didn't speak. I sang all my lines. So if somebody came to the door, kill a <laughs> you know, and like, uh, well, wh- and where, where can we see this? <laughs> now yeah. I can yeah, I'm going to send it to you. I have a promo. I'm yeah. so excited because it was like my dream come true. I won a two film festivals, the Cutting Room Film Festival in New York City. And I was in Las Vegas this past summer at the Venus International Film Festival and won Best Actress. That's awesome. It's so awesome. That's and it's wonderful. like a childhood dream come true. I said, well, it's not the Academy Award. Awards, but I'm going to pretend. Hey, you, you know, know what? uh, what's the Academy Awards today? Let's not even get down well, that yeah, path because that, it's not doing much for Italian Americans. Can, like can we just much. clarify That's something a moment? Can we just get back? <laughs> he wants to talk about Ravioli. Yeah, but I just want to say that what? that you made the comment that Christina would run if she didn't know us. And I want to say that's not the case because she actually engaged in the ravioli conversation. <laughs> that's true, yeah. Without batting she, an eye, yeah, and you that's can't... why she deserves to be at this table because she didn't say that's a whacked-out conversation. <laughs> she was jumping in on, on parcel. That's it. I'm done. You know what? I have to say something about both of you because, first of all, I'm flabbergasted. You guys cannot see how wonderful the Italian-American podcast office is. Yeah, it's amazing. It's becoming iconic and looking like certain places in New York or across the country where true lovers of everything Italian. Is, the, is it the Brioschi can? <laughs> John has a no, 19. No, I want, I want that can. 19, like 18. How much is that can? Industrial size. I buy them whenever I see them. I, I just bought one for Rosella. Look, I got a second one right here. It's incredible. I, I'll, if I, get I know one, what I'll, I'm bringing you, you next time, and I didn't have the time, but it's coming here and it's staying in your office. I'm not telling you why. Oh, it don't is. tell me. I love it. I'll, I love I'll it deliver it at, at Christmas. If anybody could deliver a gift that I like <laughs> and the Italian American content, it's you because you get it. You're a real. You well, are a tribal you chieftainess. You know, I want to say something, and I want to compliment both of you because I know your work. Say what you're going to say. I just want to say you that. have Go a bigger mouth. <laughs> I have to speak <laughs> over you, Mamma Mia. Keep the compliments coming. If you keep talking. Okay, I can't even compliment you. Yeah, but I'm going. You don't even. You're getting nervous because you don't know what I'm going to say. You you don't don't even go there. (laughs) Well, I'm not as familiar. I know you're my paisan. You sing the songs from Molfetta. I know that. No, 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 no. Let's correct that for the record. I am not from Molfetta. I grew up amongst a huge Molfetta's population, (laughs) and and they adopted you. Um, oh, that's yes. a strong term. You took Adoption. me. To, he took me to Molfetta. I had always wanted to yeah, see you Molfetta. T- you know, you because told me I was so jealous. I they have a huge feast in Hoboken annually. I know. Tomorrow di Monte. You're telling me and my I had mother seen was from Hoboken over the years, and my brother John and I were in body for things for the Constantine Order, and I said, while we're within striking distance of Molfetta, I want to see Molfetta. And I was. It's a beautiful town. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but for it's, those of you who are uninitiated, 
Molfetta, as Pat points out, is in the Provincia di Bari in Puglia, and it really is a beautiful, like, small-sized city, bigger than a town. It's really My grandfather was from there. My grandfather, grandmother, my mother's side, and he was born in an area, they call it In the La Terre, Mm. and it's this little street. You must have been down those streets where you can hardly fit a car. Oh, my gosh, yeah. You could probably stick your hand on and shake your neighbor's hand across the... Absolutely. And he was born there. That's amazing. And uh, in 2014, at the end of the year, I was invited by the Italian government as a Pugliese nel mondo. Awesome. An artist. They love that. Isn't that wonderful? That's beautiful, yeah. So the promoter, I went to participate in Bari. There was this big, huge uh, music festival as a representative from the United States, from Puglia. And then a promoter there set up a concert for me in Molfetta at the Diocesan Museum. So I'm singing the songs. At the end of the show, uh, a Monsignor gets up on the stage and he takes the microphone and he says, Minguch. That was my grandfather Dominic's nickname. Really? They grew up together. Wow. They grew up together. That's they knew amazing. each other from Hoboken, That's from crazy. Molfetta and Hoboken. It was so moving. That is the ultimate Italian American experience because we love Italy. We get frustrated with Italy. We talk about its greatness. We talk about its weakness. But the idea that you can go back to where your ancestry is deep i mean very deep this country is 250 years old it's i am the most proud american but it's lacking that i mean you can go back to stones that have held your dna for millennia and experience something like that it's just so it's life-changing in a lot of ways because it's the height of of emotion in a simple little way that you then it like reveals to you um something very spiritual i think oh i love what you just said i didn't even finish my compliment because go ahead finish your compliment what happens on our i'm show. gonna say nothing because listen listen i really need to say this because i i am an italian american as you know and thank you for the nice things you said and what i find is that you have an appreciation from the grassroots to the most sublime aspects of italian culture and i always felt that it was important to not just like we can have fun and yeah. we can like say things and make jokes and it's our roots. Yeah. And and I love my roots and I also love the most sublime aspects of Italian culture. Yeah. So c- congratulations you. that you represent from the simple to the most incredible aspects. And I love that. Thank you. That means a lot to me uh, because, you know, I was working in Chicago one time. On the, uh, you've, I've told you the story, Pat. And... Uh, I didn't know I had a meeting at an Italian cultural center. Uh, this I, I got in on a Friday. I have a bunch of friends in Chicago because I've always been on the board of the Sports Hall of Fame and all this stuff. So my friends took me out for drinks, and I imbibed a little bit too much. And then I was woken up to a call to my hotel room that I had to be at a meeting at the Italian cultural center. So I'm hungover. I'm miserable. And I've got to go to this old Italian cultural center and go on the tour and try to keep it together. And I'm really at the edge and uh, you know, that then it's like ten o'clock in the morning. We're eating macaroni. I, I'm like stomach's killing me, but I was, I was, I just was keeping it together, keeping it professional until somebody got in to me because I like Lou Monty, and he was like, you know, it's embarrassing that you teach these songs to young Italian Americans. They don't need to learn about Papino the Mouse. They need to learn about um, Puccini. And I said to myself, that's like two completely different things. Both wonderful. Wonderful versions of who we are, but why are they mutually exclusive? Like this, our culture doesn't have to always be 
I feel like a lot of Italian Americans have to wear the veil of Da Vinci and because uh, it was high the only art. Can I tell you the only way that white people because accepted they them. they you know said I mean? okay I don't want you to don't think of my about my illiterate grandmother who can't even speak Italian but speaks the original language who's in a house dress uh, picking dandelions in her yard that's that will never fly with the cool crowd but they do go to Florence and they think the Uffizi is a uh, is is reputable. So I'm going to tie my wig and onto that horse yeah. and say I'm of the Italy of Da Vinci, and which is not a negative per se, but they were trying to bury the Italian American peasant experience, yeah, covered with a layer of um, Renaissance Renaissance patina. high Italian art, and maybe if you think the Uffizi is worthwhile, maybe you think I'm worthwhile. If I use that blanket to cover up and say that's my real Italian identity, yeah, I think that's. I think that's. And the reason I bring that up is that because they're not saying um, you should teach this in addition to. Yeah, they're saying you should teach this instead, instead of. of. Yeah. Well, I think we lose the very thing that we're supposed to be proudest of. Sometimes I just wish we could get back to those simple times. Amen. Because they knew. Even though what we see on the cinema and we fight against it, and the people that did bad things and. Uh, my and I know yours too, and yours, you know, they were simple. They had simple values. They were honest. Yeah, they loved their family. I mean, what is wrong with remembering that? Nothing. I you agree. know, and in their hardship, because they didn't have a lot of money, they came to this country. They found ways of having joy. Yep. And Pepino the mouse is one of those ways. That's really well said. They You're knew really how right. to have a good yep. time, right? Yeah, I agree with and you completely. And joyful. Yep. So how you start your show, it's really great to be Italian. I think it really is great to be Italian. It is my mantra. I mean, that song, as the audience has heard before, uh, we did an interview with Lena. That song I found, and it's sitting in a stack over here, I always digitize old records, and that was a Louis Prima and Gia My Own record from the 60s that never got released. I happened to be lucky wow. enough to it find it. It was never released? Never released, oh, yeah. How did you find it if it was never released? I, I stumbled on it. It was a miracle. And, oh, I thought uh, they wrote it for you. That was the hand. That was the hand. That was a song. That's your, that's your na- me. Yes, That's, that's the John mantra. Anthem. And when and when Lena did her album and I was helping her with it, Heaven had I kept said, it on the side for you, John. You gotta hear this song. It was like, it was a 60s, like, Watusi, weird swinging song and she had... Uh, Larry Siebert, her arranger, came back and uh, did a swing version of it. And it was supposed to be Lena in duet with Joe Piscopo. And Joe got stuck in New York, and I did it with her. And that was oh, how. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. So oh, it's really my theme song. Oh, that's song. great. Yeah, that's my. That's, I know you sing, too. I mean, in the shower and karaoke, but Thank yeah. Thank God. You, I say this, so you're, no, like you're, a, you're a classically trained you're opera better singer. better karaoke, definitely, You John. should get a doorbell that plays that song. We're going to put you on. <laughs> yeah. Well, we really, sang I mean together, it. you and I. Yes, ding, ding, we did. We sang ding, all the way ding, up and down Fifth Avenue. We sang. In the rain. In the rain. It was beautiful, though. It was. It was, actually. Was that the Italian version of Singing in the Rain? Yes, it was. It was. The two of us in a, in a soaking wet Columbus Day parade. But it wasn't cold out, thank, thank God. God yeah. So that way it was. It was. A but can one. I give you another compliment? Would you mind? Keep them coming. Oh, yeah, we need them. Are these now, two compliments or void compliments? <laughs> no, these and this isn't even just to butter you up because you know I always tell no, you. No, but this. you could butter us up. Would you why, mind? why? I don't why, know. Why? In this case, I'm not Christmas buttering you up. Christmas is not that far off. You fall asleep <laughs> in the chair. But Italians <laughs> love to be buttered up. Italians <laughs> love to be kissed up. To please. Pilot Please? On. All right. Yeah, so keep I'm going. Gonna I'm, not stop, I'm not stopping the I compliment wagon. This, yeah. You maybe need to edit it. I have no idea. No, but, we're not going to edit out any compliments. John's work while he was heading NIAF in Washington was superlative, outstanding, bringing all the generations together, 
your friendliness, your inclusiveness, your your fun. You know, Thank like you. your fun attitude. And yet you could get up on a, a, a stage and speak into a microphone with the best of them. Thank you. I, I You know I feel that way because I said you really have, I believe, a, a gift for, uh, what would you call that, oration? or, yeah. or Oratory oration. Yeah. Yes. I really yeah. believe that. And because you are very, the way you are, like fun, and but also very serious when you need to be, I thought it was phenomenal. Thank you. It was so a good If a good you could canonize one day, we'd go to St. John the Order. <laughs> Tell Christina. Is what, he working on if that? If you get you canonized, what do you want to be the patron saint of? Bastida. <laughs> I want to be a Bastida patron. Oh, what? A, you know the Bastida, the grain pie at Easter? <laughs> I want that to be my... You love that that much? Yeah, yes. I want to be the patron saint of Bastida. Okay, I have a question. I it's want important. a painting of me flying over a bakery, <laughs> saving a Bastida from a burning oven. So the oven's going to burn in. Can we put in our request for that? I mean, <laughs> yes, no, absolutely. I want, the, I want, I want the, the icon. But I want the big ceiling of the church to have me flying... <laughs> In my congrega ropes and pulling the bastida out, and then people saying it was the miracle, <laughs> and children saying it didn't get overcooked, and that would be like a hymn. You could have a hymn, "Oh Great Savior." Uh, what you would you go by? You go by San Patricio? I don't know. I would like a name like Callistus. <laughs> I'd have to have like a pontifical name. You know, I'm embarrassed because oh, you had Calisto, to like. <laughs> I needed you to translate that to me. I'm so embarrassed. I didn't know what you were talking about. That's his Neapolitan accent. But I should know because I mean I'm half Neapolitan, but oh, no one—I oh. never heard it that way before. Can I just put something? Well, how do you call it? I don't know. Actually, for some they reason, they don't make that. In, in they don't—they didn't make it. Maybe yeah, because no, my don't. mother yeah. was Mofet. Yeah. But honestly, where would you say Mo, we could Mo get Feta, a great one? Mofeta makes good horse meat brajol. Yes, we had great. I was never meat. in a city surrounded really? by fish and yeah. water where the number one thing on the on the <laughs> that's true every restaurant <laughs> is delicious. Fat. Why get that fish for? We have horse meat. They love. We saw a horse getting <laughs> on the back of a truck going oh, in. Julia loves horse meat. <laughs> I don't think I ever tasted it unless when I was there they fed it's, it to it's me. In I your don't ancestral. You may not even know. I don't you know? even it's, know. They it have, just tastes like lean beef. Julia but they has. Fed, they took me right. Julia to Julia loves. They have barbecues in Malfetta with horse chops. I'm not kidding you. I know. This I wasn't invited to. Bar- it was November. <laughs> Maybe they didn't have a barbecues. Well, if you but, had that brajol with the oricetta, oh, I'm gonna bet my money that was. That's true. But I had so much fish when I was there. Just like my grandfather used to eat raw fish. Oh, he yeah. He would the, stick the whole shrimp in raw. We just did Rosella Rago's uh, Sagra di Popo, and the big specialty is raw octopus. And, and they, they ship it from Portugal, and they do it in the old way. Oh, they Portugal. Yeah, it's amazing. I guess the, they ship faster from Portugal. I mean, you know, it's Italy. That's a pool. I mean, it's I've Italy. had it in Naples raw. I mean, if you have a raw shrimp in Naples, it's phenomenal. But Puglia likes raw fish. Yeah, they do. I know. Buranta, focaccia, raw fish, and horse meat. It's an <laughs> interesting... Co- and, and lots of brokerab. Oh, lots of brokerab, yeah. Lots of brokerab. I like the Pugliese diet, actually. I I mean, my grandmother's You got from a little bit Puglia. of that in you. I do. I have a quarter. Your grandmother is from Puglia? Yeah, from Palo del Cole. And, and we would... We'd only go a couple of times. But as I got older, I started to go more on my own. We went. We did a pilgrimage. And I, it, it just... Puglia just functions... Really nicely, like it's like a very. They got their act together. Yeah, they got their act together. So it's south. Interesting, really. Yeah. I never really thought about that. Yeah, I mean, having done so much business in Naples and Sicily, and only a couple times in Calabria, it's like, it's light years easier to do it business. It doesn't exhaust you. You leave no. Campania, you need another vacation. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, Puglia is like they leave you alone. <laughs> yeah, it's very nice. It's lots of focaccia, lots of burrata, more focaccia, more burrata. Yeah. Oh, the burrata was outstanding. No, it's nothing like that. They're they're burrata people. Wow. Yeah. So how did you? end up you wanted to be an actress how'd you end up 
particularly in opera, but like where, where, because I don't really know the background of your career. I know you and I, you know. Thank you. Well, you know, it's an interesting story. If I ever finally write the book, but um, I was at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts and I, my last year there, we, they always put you in a play. So I was in a, a very important role in a play called uh, Awake and Sing by Clifford Odets. It's a depression era play fantastic and i played the grandmother i was 18 i was playing <laughs> but you know i understood her yeah it was course. during the depression yeah. it was incredible that i understood this character so during the rehearsals the grandfather character listens to enrico caruso records and so all through the rehearsals i heard the tenor the tenor from tosca the tenor and then i was invited to the metropolitan opera to see the opera tosca and i read the libretto and then I made a joke. I said, wow, I can sing, I can act, and I could eat the lasagna. <laughs> and that was, and one other thing happened at That's that deep. time. That's <laughs> deep. I'm like, because I was I'm always like here and like, wow. I was always getting notes from the academy. You have to lose 10 pounds. Really? You have to lose 50. I said, you know, I could be an opera singer. I'll just be an opera singer, you know. And another thing happened at that time. I was singing in the actually small parts and in the chorus for a group that existed at that time, the Light Opera of Manhattan. Wow. And Maria Callas, they would listen and she passed away or somebody was listening on the radio and I heard her voice. I was I remember I was mesmerized and I was going down the hallway. This was before the Awaken Sing story. And I said, or it might have been that summer, but anyway, I said, oh my gosh, what is that? And that's my inspiration. And wow. all of a sudden I started to study opera. And I absorb them like a sponge. I have very funny stories. I, you don't have enough time for my <laughs> early years in the opera. I can only imagine. And my voice teacher that you would have loved, she was this high. You can't see me. I'm on the radio because <laughs> <laughs> the size of this table. And Santa was from Sicily. Okay. She had an apartment in Brooklyn by the L train, you know, the outside. She smoked cigarettes <laughs> during my lessons. And I would hear the L train. I, awesome. I didn't know if I was hitting in high C of or course, it was the subway, like, you know. Yeah. And she would <laughs> smoke, and I'd be like, Ugh. She said, get over it. They, they smoke at La Scala. That's true. She's right. And she would send me, and this is how it started. She would send me to the local church in Brooklyn, in Bay Ridge, Bensonhurst, to sing Ave Maria, and wow. then I added Mama oh. and like Chitty Bitty Bin. <laughs> and I have a joke in my nightclub act still to this day. I say, and they paid $25. Mama. Wow. And then I say, and I still get paid $25. That's you know? I, yep, I get that. So. That's how it started. And then I, I started going to, because I needed to pay for my voice lessons, and I found an agent that booked people on the in the Catskill Mountains and the wow, Borscht Belt. really? Yes. And it was like the tail end. Yeah. But I started entertaining in the resorts and the Catskills. All right, without, and, without asking a woman her age, but give us the era of the Catskills. Well, that Let's was look. like at the end of the 80s, oh, I guess. Oh, must have been great. Well, it was the tail end because, you know, that was already sort of going mm -hmm. down, but there were enough places left yeah. to get experience. Yeah. And that's really how I learned how to be an entertainer. Did you sing any of the Italian places, like Villa Roma and those places? I did. Villa Roma. But I sang Villa more Roma. at that time in the Jewish, in the Jewish places. My dad's partner, one of his first partners who was like an uncle to us, 
the Jewish guy, and he took us once to the Concord, I think it was yes, called. Yes, the Concord. And I remember they wouldn't give me a cheeseburger because it was not kosher, right? <laughs> yeah, and I was, was like nine, and I'm like, what the heck's going on? This? What kind of resort is this? You know? Well, you know, I didn't think about it. When I go and eat at the Friars Club now, yeah. it reminds me of an upscale version yeah, of the fair. dining rooms in the, in the Catskills. So anyway, at that time, then, I started getting hired for uh, better gigs, yeah. and I toured the United States with the Montavani Orchestra. Wow. And we played the Kennedy Center and the Philadelphia Academy of Music and all around the country. And it, the program was Italia, like La Bella Italia. And I sang with the tenor. I was the soloist. And then they invited me to Japan. Wow. I was the soprano soloist. And the tour in Japan, I have stories, Korea. That's Korea, amazing. the pr- the promoter's name was Mr. Song. <laughs> and I used to call him Mr. Song and Dance. <laughs> and we'd talk about karaoke. We would be out every I would be exhausted. I had jet lag. And Mr. Song and Dance wanted to go in the karaoke bar, you That's know. My kind of guy. You would love him. Yeah, I was. I, I could, people get sick of me dragging him, but I'd drag him anywhere. I love karaoke. But you bar. know what? I love karaoke bars, but they have to have a contest. So yeah. You get money for yeah, them you if you do, win. Yeah, you do need so Anywhere good. you need, I'm going to go and I need. I want to win the bar. <laughs> That's not bad. Believe me. I, I take it. I, I want to open a karaoke bar. It's one of my dreams. Oh, you it's should. On my, it's on my long bucket list. Yeah. You know what? That would be so much fun. Yeah. We don't have that. Not many Like an ones. Italian one. Yeah, exactly. That would be so much fun. I used to go sing down on Mulberry Street. Uh, the Mulberry Street bar had Wednesday night Italian-American karaoke's for a little while. Uh, I mean, it was very limited crowd, obviously, but it was fun. It was really fun. Oh, I, that's a great idea, John. Yeah. So anyway, that my so and I so I started going around and then are I are you waiting or are you <laughs> are you observing? He's no, I had a question. Are you falling asleep? And now I don't know no. where to put now. <laughs> You're gonna have to edit it in because I had a really serious question. Think of You're it. kidding me. Think of it. Go ahead. Do I'm you, sorry. Keep, can keep, I ask my question? Well, let her keep going. Write it down. I'm right. Not, all I'm right. So it. before I get, I started my career. I was singing at feasts all over the United States too. That, that was an industry feasting. Oh, they were so amazing. Yeah, it was a serious, serious. Oh, I would sing on on the bill with Al Martino wow. and like all these big stars. And I was even at on a show. Now that you mention it, in the, I was at the Park Plaza Hotel on a show with Tony Bennett. Before he became as big as he is, yeah. his son Danny was running the show. He had a trio. And I won't say how much he got paid, but he now he gets paid like more than ten times that <laughs> I was amount. Say probably, yeah. But I was sitting right next to him, and I, you know, I actually got huge compliments. I, I was very like shy and kind of naive, and I didn't really want to be a star, so I didn't pursue some of the opportunities that I probably should have or yeah. could have. But I was on a show with Tony twice. I was at Hunter Mountain. I was at the Park Plaza. They came up to my mother, God rest her soul, and said, where's the singer? Where's the singer? She said, oh, Tony's over here. No, Christina Fontanelli. Wow. They wanted my CDs. They were pointing at me across the room at the party. There's the singer. I was That was embarrassing for me. <laughs> but what a compliment. Yeah, of course. You know? That's beautiful. And then I just uh, went all over the United States singing. I learned about the saints. Because I sang at so many Italian festivals, <laughs> including in Hoboken, St. Anne's. That's a good one. We, we, For, go, we still go to that. St. Anne's was an anchor feast because Maria uh, Totaro. Um, yeah, Marie Totaro. Marie Totaro. Yes. I think she had been at, uh, she had been involved as a promoter. Yes, promoter. she was. She was hiring the acts. Agent? Was she a town agent in a separate life? I don't think so. I think she might Maybe have Maybe she was, but... Because she did a phenomenal... She got it. Yeah. She got it because she realized that if you invest in good entertainment, yes. people will come. And the well, money she, that you put into your entertainer 
will pay back many fold with people spending money in, in other parts yeah. of the feast. Yeah. So she turned, I mean, Saint, she made St. Anne what it was Aww. at its peak. We have stories, too, because she found my name in a book. You're making me remember. Somebody wrote a book about Italian festivals in the United States. Really? And I was in there because I had sung, I guess, in Columbus, Ohio. My name was in there. So I had recently moved to Hoboken, and she found me in the book and hired me for St. Anne's. And then if Marie was listening, she would smile and laugh because one year I was hired to sing, and my pianist didn't show up. He had, like, a heart attack. I don't know what happened. So we found the marching band. Uh, We talk about this to this day. The marching band came and accompanied me. And um, we have stories, and I have actually miracle stories about St. Anne that I could share with you. Yeah, go ahead. I was on the stage rehearsing on the feast day, July 26th, and I used to sing in the novena, and then I would do the show on the street, you know, the big show. And they were taking her through the street. The sun was out. The second they got her into the church, I was right across the street, it started to hail. All right, so that was the second they got her in there. But my real story of a miracle, in my opinion... I wanted to go to the Holy Land so badly. So in July of 2018, at the last minute, I joined what was called a faith-based tour. Mm. And the head of it, the tour guide, was Israeli. And I, I signed up for a new expedition. I wasn't supposed to sing. I brought my passport. He saw it, and he said, there's an opera singer, Christina Fontanelli. And one of the people said, that's her. I said, I'm the opera singer. You know about me in Israel? <laughs> he wow. knew about yeah. me. So he said, well, you're going to surprise them, and why don't you surprise them? Sing something. Tomorrow we're going to Magdala, Mary Magdalene's hometown. They built a new church. And what are you going to sing? I said, everyone always loves the Ave Maria. So we made a plan to surprise everyone. Wow. And I woke up in the middle of the night, and I said, what's tomorrow? July 26th. Wow, St. Anne. See? That that must be your protectress. I do believe. I do so much believe. And uh, I go and sing many times at St. Jean Baptiste Church because in that church, I volunteer. Oh, there's a major relic of St. Anne. There there. you go. There is a major relic of St. Anne. Do you know how that relic wound up there? I don't know anything about it. It's an interesting story. This is why we keep him around. When um, that relic was supposed to be at the Shrine of St. Anne du Beaupre in Canada, because, you know, that's basically... The major shrine of Canada. It's in Antibes. You never been to St. Antibes? No, and I need to go. Definitely. That was huge. In the 50s Where in and Canada 60s. Is that? It's 20 minutes north of Quebec. Wow. Oh, I have to go there. The, the, the French, uh, Quebec was basically settled by people from Bre- Brittany. Yeah. And they were very devoted to St. Anne, and they brought that devotion with them to Quebec. Wow. And from the very founding of Quebec, there was a devotion to St. Anne and that church. That's probably one of the major, it's definitely one of the major pilgrimage sites in the, in, in the whole Western Hemisphere. Wow. I would argue it's probably the largest in Canada. Maybe St. Joseph's in Montreal is bigger. I've, I've pilgrimed there. I've pilgrimed um, there. But St. Anne de Beaupre, I would say up to the 80s, there was constantly bus really? rides. Matter of fact, a lot of Italian-Americans who had a devotion to St. Anne, when they got their favors granted, promised to make an annual pilgrimage and tell you to bus ride. Wow. Because the Redemptorist priests, who are a Neapolitan order, oh, yeah, who right. staffed St. Antipopre, just pulled out because of the lack of vocations, and they closed the hotel that was attached to the shrine. Wow. And many Italian-American pilgrimages have stopped because they have no place to stay overnight. Wow. But there was oh. a huge, huge, huge... I remember as a oh. kid, pilgrimage after pilgrimage 
one church or the other over the summer would have a trip to San Andy will pray. So how did her relic end up in what the happened Upper was I think it was Leo the thirteenth, which would be like the he followed Pius the ninth, mm-hmm. so the eighteen eighties, eighteen nineties, had sent from I guess the Vatican's relic collection a major relic of Saint Anne that was supposed to go to San Andy will pray in Canada. And it arrived in New York and was gonna basically do a pilgrimage of its own, stopping at churches all the way up to Canada. And Saint-Jean-Baptiste in Manhattan, because there were French parishes in Manhattan. Sure, of course. It it is a French parish. But I mean, long story short, there was such devotion in New York that they didn't want the relic to go. Wow. And the relics wound up staying in in Saint-Jean-Baptiste because it was such an outpouring of devotion in New York, and the Pope sent another relic and sent that straight to Canada in its place. That's amazing. So the relic that's in Saint-Jean-Baptiste was supposed to go to San Andre de Beaupre, but did not get there. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing that you know that, too. He's I'm Wikipedia. But I, it, nobody cares. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I, I, I'm, this I'm is like so a, shocking to me. So Why? You, I'm a fa- you started I'm a, out talking about parsley and frozen ravioli, <laughs> and now, you know, I mean, it's like, it's, it's who I, I am. proved my <laughs> point. It's exactly it's how like, he came up with exactly, the concept for the show. You know? How did I'm we like, come up? What, what? I said that. Him and I used to have four-hour, I came up with it. We used to have four-hour conversations when I drove from D.C. to New York about everything random nonsense. It's like Jerry Seinfeld. Exactly. Like Seinfeld, Seinfeld of yes. the Italian. Exactly right. It's Seinfeld and Wikipedia <gasps> combined. Yes. But Seinfeld I, was not academic. Yeah. You are an we academic. We try to be entertaining and there educational. There you go. All right. But I said to him, like, Pat, we can do this. We'll just have our conversations. We'll invite people in. And then I'll edit them down for consumable ears so that normal human beings don't have this. to listen to us for four hours. And that's really what, what it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, you that's know what it. this program is? I've been wanting to talk to Christina came in amazed at John's Italian Americana. Yes. Collection. Definitely. And the, the bell of the ball is staring me in the face. It is an industrial sized Brioschi container. He brags about it every time. In the time 1920s. Because people used to buy Brioschi. I have Brioschi to find a bigger loose. one than that. I don't know why. Now I have to like that. <laughs> you got to one up the Brioschi. Can, I don't know if there's a bigger That's incredible. I got, a, a, I got the wooden crate over here. It's, oh a, pa- it's a Brioschi pail. It's a barrel. <laughs> How much agita they must have I had. I mean, just they had to use that. They had to use that in a hospital. I miss Brioschi. That had to be the hospital size. back now from Canada. Is it back? You can get it imported from Canada now. I have to buy it every yeah. time I go online. I and then I I don't know if I don't find yeah, it or I, I love brioche. I think it makes a great cocktail. And I, and I, <laughs> my lad. When we have our hey, first, my lad. When we have and our first event, <laughs> we should do it. That'll be the cocktail, the brioche bomb or something. That'll it's, be it's it's fizzy <laughs> at the karaoke bar. Why perfect. Can't you, why it's can't so you good. put it in a in a whiskey tumbler with that nice little lemon? It might not be. You might not be wrong. Isn't it the only? Antacid that pregnant women can consume. Yeah, it's all natural. You guys have all this information. I'm like so impressed. Well, I mean, cares? I never in my life heard <laughs> heard about well, this. Thank and God, it, somebody thinks it's important. Fam- our families don't think it's important. They're like, go talk to each other, and because we really don't care yeah. what you have. I mean, to say. I think that's marvelous. I didn't know pregnant women. They yeah. must have a lot of indigestion. Please oh, consult I would you know? before you drink brioche. Based <laughs> yes. on our advice, <laughs> that's right. Please consult your physician. We are not physicians. We are not taking any responsibility. He, he wants to. He's Talk to your doctor He's about Brioski if you're pregnant. Just don't call us. Yeah, that's true. Don't don't live off of our advice. Your yeah. your your insurance is paying for an OBGYN. Let him earn his money, her money, whoever this person is. And let I think them. you need to get Brioski as a sponsor or something. Or I, I don't know. know I'd what, love to have them. I mean, we. Yeah. I, I, this stuff. Could is... you write a jingle? Oh, Christine, you could see the Brioski jingle. I would love it. <laughs> Please don't get me all excited, and then we it never happens. Would it be operatic? It's hysterical. What kind of stuff? I mean, obviously you sing 
opera, and that is its own art form. It ain't Lou Monte, as we said. But do you <laughs> like to sing other pop stuff? Oh, I do. Like I what? Do. Like what's your next? Like what's your favorite thing to sing for you? You know what I love to sing, and every every year, and maybe you can join me this year, or even. Um, um, at uh, 54 Below, for example, Michael Feinstein's, I used to sing at the Regency. They closed that room, and then they opened 54 Below. So I started singing, for example, Sinatra, yeah. like all the way. Oh, it sounds so beautiful in the keys right for me, or I'll sing Come Fly With Me, or I've done Broadway sh- show tunes, which I love to yeah. sing. I've an Andrew Lloyd Webber medley, and I sing Crazy. Oh, great song. Yeah. That and would be great for the Brioski commercial. <laughs> Brioski. We can say gassy. No, no, tr- gassy yeah. from eating too much. That'd be perfect. Ravioli. <laughs> you guys are brilliant. I hate to say it. Do you, you know, think that'd be the great? Only someone sick would understand. But I, yeah, no. Gassy. You know, you got to leave here and be worried about Ready, it. Ready? Ready? Gassy. I love it. You know, actually. From eating too much. You're brilliant. Much you're actually brilliant. You know, I've been doing that today. I woke up this morning. Don't ask me why. Well, f- first of all. Don't ask you why you woke up. No, uh, oh, I, w- right. I woke up because <laughs> I fell asleep on my couch. My wife is great because she likes it dark, and oh. I like the TV on. Uh-huh. So she lets me fall asleep on the couch, and then she says she comes and wakes me up, but I never remember that. So I, <laughs> I ended up on the couch, and uh, I was doing some notes before I fell asleep about you coming in today because one of the things I obviously want to talk about is your Christmas concert because it's iconic, and it's important, and it goes to good cause, and we want to talk about it now so that people who hear this can come out and support and, and be there with us. Um, but I was thinking about Christmas. And I woke up, and I was for some reason I had the night before Christmas in my head, and I started rewriting the words, the poem for Italian Americans, and I'm thinking like you know, twas uh, uh, I'm the writing gay it down. words did that. They did. They did a night before Christmas. They beat me to it. They beat you. T- no, you might have a different version because we're Italian. They so we did. Have have different. Yeah, the gay words did it. You know who else did that? Danny Aiello has a very moving version where he speaks, uh, and he talks about his childhood. He was very very poor. Yeah, I and know. it's on one of his albums. Really? No, I love Danny. I've got a lot of his stuff. I'm going to look for that because he's very if thoughtful. If you can't guy. find it, I have it home. So you know what we're working on? I, I I hesitate to announce it because then I set expectations, but uh, I'll trademark it right here on this episode of the show. So Pat, you know, you can see I'm a collector. Pat is a collector of Italian American. Italian and Neapolitan Christmas music. Pat has music. many, oh, many. Christmas music. Hold on a minute. Let's we just we just hit that. a record today. I oh. have many collections because yes. I'm a I'm a well I am what I am. We'll just say that for the sake of public consumption. <laughs> I have a Presepio collection. Big, biggest, a witch? huge, an Italian Presepio collection. Oh. Neapolitan Presepio. Okay. Non Neapolitan pieces can't enter my collection. Yeah, and I have a Neapolitan twenty four hours of Neapolitan Christmas music. Today, he passed twenty four hours straight of. Uh, which in no way violated. Hold on. Which in no way violated any copyright or trademark. Clause. That's right. Yes. Yes. That completely. That is phenomenal. Completely Isn't that amazing. He didn't. We didn't violate anything that should have been violated. No. Just for the record. No, it's all good. Now, can we listen to that? Yeah. So here's what I thought of. Under 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 the presumption that it all obeys any copyright yeah, it's, or it's trademark infringement. Yes. Correct. It's all gonna be great. I was thinking about this because his collection's amazing. And he's been doing it for years. And every time he finds a song, I find a song. I just gave him a couple CDs that we think takes you over 24 hours, right? Yeah, no, we had we broke. I was today's very the record close, breaker. He was very excited. Them. He saw the CDs in my office. He's like, those are for me, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, I'm taking them when I go home. Um, everybody always asks me, you know, what, what, what do you recommend for like a good CD or a good download for Christmas? You know, we wanted to have Italian and Italian-American stuff, and it's not out there. So I was with my brother the other day, and we were fondly recalling the Yule Log on TV, which yeah. they brought back. And, you know, I so I, I started wikipedia it, 
and I found out the Yule log is actually just 17 minutes of footage on a loop, which I could have assumed, and then music played all day. So I said to myself, wow, we should have an Italian-American version. So we're producing the Yule Pot. I haven't named it yet, but I think it's going to be like the Yule Pot. You are? Yeah, I told you about this. No, you, you, Rosella, uh, you, you don't read. You, you complain. I don't give you fan mail. You, you don't read Sano. my text messages. You do. You they have these secret meetings. Okay, Rosella and I are producing, and then we all sit around, yeah. and then they say, "Well," and then I'm like, "I never heard about this." Because you were sleeping. <laughs> That's right. You're probably no, because they keep me locked in a. I'm like locked in a cage, and like I'll show to... you the text to all of us, and I you responded to it. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna it's a do great idea. yeah, like eight, six to eight hours of a. Pot of macaroni boiling on the stove. Oh, I with love Italian that. That's going to be the U an Italian American crisp. Yeah, that. and that'll be because we're, we're kicking off our YouTube station. Oh, I And that'll love be the this. the first. Uh, Do you know who does that? WQXR has a holiday channel, and yeah. on streaming it, oh, like really? all this it, classical uh, Christmas type of music. Yeah. So I think it's a phenomenal idea. Thank you. We're, we're, I'm excited about it. I, you know, if people do like. You have the holiday. You have your family over. Why couldn't we have a burning monogotti? That kind of looks like a log. <laughs> Can't we have something that's more log? The Yule monogotti? No, the Italian roasting chestnuts on a fire and oh, fighting with the family that they're not doing it the right way. I burn them every year. It's a big joke. My fa- I love gastagna. That's like one of my favorite Do foods. you really? Oh, chestnuts I could eat until really? I die. See, I never got it. I really? don't know why. Wow. They would roast them and make a big deal, yeah. and I was like... <laughs> I don't know if it was just dried out. <laughs> I don't know why. They would make this big that's deal about funny. them. To me, they're really, like, you oh, love them? I love chestnuts. Love them. Just love them. Plain, I like them they would cut them like with a little yeah, cross, and then they cut would cut them in a cross and roast, and roast them. them, and then you would love them. And I learned from my grandfather. My grandfather s- swore up and down his. And you, maybe I never asked you this. You, you can help me. You're, you're my mystery solver. Uh, my grandfather used to. His mother used to soak them in goat's milk overnight. Well, maybe that's why. I don't know. I, I, you need to keep the chestnuts hydrated. You mean you soak do need them? To keep them hydrated. The but air, wait a second. That's soak why them they when cut, they're cut. Cut. Cut them. But if they if if they are, there's con, there's competing schools. Yeah, because some people said don't gar- let them get I wet. I can guarantee you, there's someone who's freaking out right now that yes. we have no idea that we're wrong. Yes, there's going to be a, the a, best, Italian American chestnut best expert chestnuts, out there. I know we have one in the audience. There's a guy. Should I talk about my chestnut connection, or should I save that? The United States had a chestnut plague about 1908. We had a chestnut plague that wiped out all our trees, and the only domestic. American chestnut trees that have not been affected are in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. <laughs> and there is a chestnut <laughs> it's grower. Amazing, right? That's where I get my chestnuts from. I get <laughs> I get Michigan shipped in <laughs> ships in my chestnuts. Pat has the finest ability. Like he only buys the best of the like his coffee is all his own proprietary blends made to match the old-fashioned Medaglia d'Oro, because they don't make it the same oh as they used to. His this shirts is... are all handmade in in uh, what. Uh, uh, Monte San Giacomo, Naples. Solano, his right. shoes, his yeah, he's very fine. No, because what I got, <laughs> if I'm going to get it, I want the best. He's and that's wow. it. That's I'm impressed. But the chest, really what happened am. in ni- 1908? So not impressed. Just, nah, it's a sickness. Don't 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 encourage don't encourage irresponsible it's so impressive. behavior. I mean it. It's just like incredible. Who you know what it is because I want what I want and I want it the way I want it. And I'm going to tell you how to get it done. And if you get it done the way I want it, everybody's happy. That's true. That's and true. I'll pay for it. Yeah, you're right. I tell you, this is how I want it. So my chestnut guy, Chestnut Charlie. So if you're out there, <laughs> Chestnut Charlie, you're welcome. <laughs> um, he got it order early, and he has chestnuts. And they are they are American native chestnuts, and you can get them shipped, and they taste fantastic because they're fresh. Because if you're getting chestnuts from Italy, 
they're already they're drying out on the boat. Yeah. And then the, see, they're trying to bring back a an American hybrid Chinese American chestnut tree that will be resistant to disease. Um, there's not a real demand here because remember before 1908, I mean the U.S. was covered the Northeast in chestnuts. Do you know why Italy has such a chestnut love for chestnuts? Because the, what happened was the south of Italy was covered in oak trees. And the Benedictines realized that in times of plague, you could grind chestnuts into chestnut flour and feed people. Times of famine. Times of famine, yeah. And you could make chestnut macaroni, which they do make in the south of Italy, which is you got to put a little bit of oil in to compensate for the fat, but you can mix water, a little bit of oil, and chestnut flour, make chestnut macaroni. Chestnut bread, or chestnut flour, which is kind of not great to eat, but it's going to keep you from starvation. So you could eat chestnuts. I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can eat acorns, but you can eat acorns. You can. They they are edible, and but it's not easy to digest. So what happened was the Benedictines encouraged the Southern Italians to cut down oak and to plant chestnut trees, so that if a famine hit, the chestnuts were the last line of defense from starvation. That's why Southern Italians or Italians in general have such a chestnut love. Right, wow. so people, and you know what, I'm, I'm just going to come out oh, here, and if people don't want to hear this, they could just hang up, because I don't know why you listen anyway, so. <laughs> no, because the church so and the church and monasteries are constantly attacked now as, as being bastions of ignorance, but, you know, they, they invented basically the university system, Yeah, and, you know, you know, crop rotation, so much came out of monasteries, and one thing was... Was the che- was the profilation of chestnut trees across Italy, so that's why Italians eat chestnuts. But if you if you if you steam, see a lot of people add water, yeah, to the to the to the roasting process, mm-hmm. in the hope that the steaming will make them tender, which kind of compensates for being dried out coming in, a, in yeah. a sack in a boat across an ocean. But there's also the chestnut pans that have the holes in the bottom. Yes, but when you think about this, what does this have to do with Christina Fontanelli and her Christmas concert. <laughs> this is how we are. We're, talking about, Christmas, we, we're going off, talking about Christmas songs. Briarsky, Industrial so, Pale. You're right. Let's talk and about... And then Chestnuts. But I kind of like this conversation. This is how it goes with us. And now oh, we're going to Now talk. I could never sing that song again. Chestnuts roasting on an Why open... Why not? I'll never think of it the same. <laughs> no. I'm going to think of the trees in Italy, the monks, the, the starvation. It's got a lot of new the depth. Fam- I mean, <laughs> I can makes... never ever listen to that again See, without... We add depth to the, See, to, the, to, the, to the humblest of nuts. This is, you know, I've been around a lot of people in my life all over the world of all walks of life. I am flabbergasted, and I'm not just saying an Italian-American podcast. Oh, I have never been in a conversation. Both of you are brilliant. I I mean I'm, I hate to say it they but call it's us true. Mentally Ill. Yeah, well, <laughs> whatever you know. You one, gotta be a why do you one care? Away. No, you know but what I would get. Why I'm do you care you. about chestnuts for? Who cares? Oh, can I? I plug never me? cared I've before never you pl- said this. Can I plug something? I have invented a chestnut pie recipe. <laughs> yes, you have. It's published. I'm very, I it was a it was a moment of deep contemplation for me, and I'm very proud of my chestnut pie. I want to uh, shout out to Danielle Terry. Who Is said, it really delicious? She said, John. She I should post it somewhere. Can you post it on? Yeah, we can post on make Facebook. Make it for, th- is this coming out Monday? Yeah, we can make it for so Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving, go make, I think my chestnut pie is really good. It's chestnut puree and, and fig preserves. Sounds good. I've, I I'll, think, I'm going to try it. Fig, fig. Oh. 
It's the Italian accent and your reaction. The Brooklyn and the Jersey City accent are bouncing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Everything Brooklyn has bounced on Jersey. No, listen to me. This is very, listen. This is my answer to the pumpkin. It's the Italian-American version of a pumpkin pie. It is. That's what you've always called it. I think it's the Trojan horse that will trump the pumpkin pie. This is how we're going to eliminate them. It's like what Nutella did to peanut butter. Figs and chestnuts. That's true. Peanut butter now is on the defensive. You're right. Nutella is like a tank division. Coming across the ocean. Eventually, we we take over everything. Yeah, because peanut butter is <laughs> That's the thick. Roman in us, you know? It's the peanut butter is like thick and gummy, and Nutella is kind of like, even though it's all full of sugar, you don't know it because it looks dark and chocolate, <laughs> but it's really like 95% sugar. I saw Nutella M&Ms this week for the first time. Dun, dun, they're, called, dun, they're called Hazelnut they Spray M&Ms. Dun, 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 they must yeah. be good. But he's right. Now, we you should go be out, talking no, about the concert. Can we talk Wait, about my concert before, before it's next year? Well, actually, yes. Hold on one second. Just go out. Make, you want to do me a favor? No. I not you. I'm not favor. asking you. It's not a two request. It's a void out oh, there. Oh, oh, right, I right. well oh, oh, oh. I mean, you can make the pie, too. Oh. No, I'm curious. People like my pie. Because Danielle, yeah, Danielle's like my, my BFF buddy. We, we got each other's backs. And Danielle always sings the Hosannas in my pie. And she wrote a lovely article about my pie, and I wish everyone would read this fantastic Danielle Terry. So put article. it in the new neighborhood. Can we read it? I would just send yeah, it. Yeah, but to then me. can't you put it on the, the yeah? Th- put it what's it called? Instagram. Insta- I'm not trying to be. I'll funny. put it on the, the social media. Yes, because they yeah. do all this social media. They don't tell me. Yes, for those of you out there who aren't following us, you can find us on Instagram at at Italian American. Go to Instagram and get my pie recipe. Let Go. Me, let me tell them where that is first. But where is it? It's at Italian American is our handle on Instagram. At Ital American on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on www.italianamericanpodcast.com. And if you make the recipe, send an email. Because if you put ch- uh, chestnut pie recipe or Pat's recipe in the subject, they'll give it to me. That's true. So if you put anything else, it's censored for reasons I don't understand. Yes. For Pat. Email for Pat. Email put, no, because I still won't get it. Put <laughs> for Pat chestnut pie. Send the email and let me know if you like the pie. Even if you don't like it, let me know. If you experiment with it, which isn't a good idea, so you should leave it just the way I did it, but <laughs> I'm done. So let's talk about this concert. And I do want everybody to make the pie. We're going to we're gonna put it out. You, will you send it to me today? I'll text it to you right now. Listen, right. if we could have, we would have served it, but it's Carnegie Hall, and they don't let you serve anything They're not letting there. you bring anything in? Uh, no. No. They so, don't let you do anything there except get on the stage and sing. How did you end up? I want to know how you ended up at Carnegie Hall, because what, what an honor to practice, be there. Practice, practice, practice. Yeah, that's... <laughs> That's all right. I don't mean it that way. How did the concert end up there? But how did you end up doing this show? Because let me explain to everybody what your Christmas in Italy is. It's an annual, what was it going on? 15? 16 years. 16 years this year. 16 years that you've been putting this thing together. It's a charitable project. It raises money for St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. And you've become sort of like the ambassador for Italian Christmas. Really, mm-hmm. I mean, on on, te- on television, um in the city, on the internet, it's everywhere. I mean, the concert's really become a big part of you and a big part of the community. How did it start? So it's an interesting story. Thank you for asking. Because 16 years ago, or 17, I don't even know, I was invited to sing at an event where there was a New York Times reporter. And uh, I sang Torna a Sorriento. That's a great song. Because I thought, you know, everyone knows that. The reporter came running up to me and said, I love that. I love that. What is that? I had to explain. It's a Neapolitan folk song. And he wrote about it in the New York Times the next day. This guy lived under a rock. He never heard of it. Well, this is the thing. He lived in New York. I mean, if you came from like (laughs) Iowa, (laughs) I never heard of Torna Sorriento. Then you got to New York like Thursday. I could kind of get it. Yeah, but listen, and this is 15 years ago, whatever, you know, 60. And I said, well, this is terrible. 
people. So someone had been advising me. They said, why don't you do a concert in New York? And it was going to be small. Like, do it in a small. I said, no, no. I got an inspiration that very moment that I would do an annual concert and of Italian songs because I was horrified. I said, yeah. were we losing them? And uh, it, the inspiration was to do it at Christmas. Wow. So ignorance is bliss. Amen. I rented Merkin Concert Hall. And I didn't understand, like, the depth of that. I just yeah. said, you know what? I'm going to put in a real <laughs> concert hall near Lincoln Center. Why are you not a small <laughs> thing, you know? So I rented Merkin Concert Hall, and I said, you know what? This concert has to have the authentic musician. So I had the inspiration to have the mandolin, the accordion, the wow. guitar, the, you know. And and that's how it started. And 16 years ago, it was to preserve the great songs of Italy. Now, through the years, I wanted children. Yeah, It took almost a decade before the real kids showed up. I had an inspiration. I wanted a little baby uh, Mary and Joseph in the costume. They come on the stage with the baby doll Jesus. That's beautiful. And they sing, Tu scendi dalle stelle. Now, last year at Carnegie Which was a Neapolitan song, Quando Nascitanina, which was hijacked by Pius XI. <laughs> and translated out of Neapolitan into Italian. Well, you know, a saint Next wrote year, that, Saint Alfonso. South South Liguori, but he wrote it in Neapolitan. Oh, I didn't know He wrote that. it, Quanina Next year. We're going to put that in the we're notes. Gonna, we're going to get rid of Tushani Dalla Stella, <laughs> which was a song that was hijacked again by Pius. No, not Pius. Yeah, uh, Pius, Pius the Ninth. Pius yeah. the Ninth. And translate into Italian, and we're going to sing the original Neapolitan. I love that idea. Yeah. But you know what? I want to put that in the notes in the program. Yeah, hey, that's good. Hey, anything for the Neapolitans. So you started. You so anyway, so last year was. That's not the same. Song. He tweaked the music too. He should have left it the way it was. Once you sing, they didn't have copyright in those days. That's right. No. And he was the pope. He thought he could get away <laughs> with it. That's true. You know what? You might be the pope, but you're not going to pull the wool over a Neapolitan's eyes. <laughs> Next year, we're going to resurrect that song. This is going to be the farewell to Dushani Della Stella, and we're going to do Quan and Nina next year. And we're going to put up a Bourbon flag as that song is sung, and I'm done. It's but not a bad idea. You've got like a new producer story. here with you. You see? know, it's you ca- what I need. You came in for an interview. You, you came know? out with an advisor and a producer. Hey, listen. You know, the <laughs> and a fig f- recipe, a fig pie only- recipe. <laughs> The only I'm problem done. with Carnegie Hall, I would add it on the show. If you go one minute of overtime, it's another $6,000. Oh, my gosh, really? I mean, they are so strict. But anyway, so last year at Carnegie Hall, we had so many kids that I actually had to cut a few of them out. I mean, uh-huh, I was so upset. Horrible. The teacher was be- uh-huh. because, you know why? They don't have space. Yeah, of course, yeah. And we're in the middle size hall, Zankel Hall. Yeah. Now, I would do the big hall. I'm not up to that yet, but the Italians would actually all have to come on mass, yeah, you know, God and buzz forbid everybody supported. God forbid, yeah. God forbid. I've even offered it as a fundraiser, yeah. like for the Sons of Italy. I say I'll lower the price. You add on to niente, nope. you know. But anyway, we were sold out. Yeah, and I uh, last year, and we're on our way to being sold out this year. Zankel Hall is very beautiful. I mean, I mean, all, all kidding aside, we're very honored to have Christina. Yeah. You I do mean, the we, right we, thing. We know our very long time. We have a very warm and cordial and personal relationship, but it really is humbling to have such greatness in our midst. Oh, yeah. that's so and sweet. And if you're sitting at home... I'll pay you later. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be exchanging a lot of money. This is a love fest. <laughs> Somebody told me the other day that listens to the show that's uh, a podcast executive said, this is the most loving show I've ever heard. And so that's because we cut out all the bad stuff we say about other Yeah, Italians. we talk so, about people know, and then John we that to cut, cut that it out, out. But yeah. And no, well, it, you know, but, through uh, the I mean, years, now that you're on a roll, or you put me on a roll, 
I you can catch me putting up posters in Little Italy. Oh yeah, you know, like Nobody hanging put, them myself, sad, yeah. Arthur Avenue, and wondering now that we're on the subject, why the Italians more didn't really. I I sang recently for the Italian American Museum. Somebody's got to watch um, the house. And <laughs> and I said, well, he's, Mr. Shelter, who's working so hard, and he does a lot of good things in the in the community. And he said, well, you know, you can come and sing and they'll they'll get to know you. I said, excuse me, Joe, but I've been out there for so, all yeah. these years. If they don't know me yeah. by now, if I bring value, if I can enhance yeah. the event, I'm happy to sing. But it's not so that I, they can know can, me because they yeah. should uh, know I'm me. here. I'm been, uh, I mean, that's what I think. Actually, I think you get taken for granted sometimes. I mean, this may, I don't want to sound insensitive by saying it, but you're so present. You're so willing to give your time and you're so engaged with the community like you are one of us, and I think sometimes there's a lot of talent out there that doesn't want to be confused as one of us, and so they kind of either keep away from the community and don't want mm. to perform there, or they want to perform and, and get treated like, uh, you know, they're Diana Ross because that's a way of sort of separation. But I think what happens is, like, the people who give back get overlooked a lot. I mean, I see this with Lena. Lena and I do a lot of work together. She's an immensely talented singer, and she performs all over the country, and Everybody loves her, but when it's at home in the community, she oftentimes gets underappreciated, you know? People appreciate the performance, but then, like, be it support or be it organizations hiring her or, you know, she'll volunteer her time and then they'll dump a bill on her. So it's like, th it's mm -hmm. very weird, you know? We, we, we sort of, once you become friendly and it's share true. camaraderie, people don't appreciate it. It might, might not be just But you want to know something, John? I'm glad you're so astute to understand these things. And I examined my own self so many times because through the years I was wishing for... But you know what has happened? I kept going and Shakespeare said to thine own self be true. Amen. And even Jesus couldn't perform miracles in yeah. Nazareth, which is really hard to believe. Because <laughs> the, the people lacked faith. Well, y yes, and... That's it's hard to believe, completely hard to believe. But I find that I have to have a happy life and I love people. Yeah. And I've tried to find the balance between being just myself. I've actually had more relief in recent years because I wasn't able to change my personality. I am who I am. I really do love people. I yeah. really, you know, I have to find a better balance perhaps, but I'm happier this way. And somehow, through the grace of God, through the years now, I've been on PBS television, you know, hosting for Andrea Bocelli and Il Volo and Michael Bublé and on CBS television and cooking with Tony Tantillo and, and uh, winning now this Best Actress Award and being all over the country and the world. And um, I sang for two presidents. I, you know, I've, So it, whether or not the community here knows about all those things or doesn't value it, but you see, I think you hit on something that, we are our own worst enemies because Always. by not acknowledging people that are doing these kinds of things, um, they are not tapping into the strongest way Tool to combat. To, to preserve our culture. Exactly. Combat the negative stereotypes. I mean, we'd rather collectively um, moan and complain about how bad things are going than engage the exactly. positive energy and momentum exactly. that we have. It happens all the time. And, like, you know... I, I totally think what you say to me makes the most logical sense because you love people. And I really believe when you live your life, that's a golden rule, right? You do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. It's basically saying, how do you want to be treated? You want to be treated with love constantly. That's the best feeling in the world. So just love everybody. And 
I'd rather people think I'm a I'm a loving fool than somebody who sees the world in an astute way but can't like people, you know? Can't who wants to be around somebody that's not giving out love? I agree. That should be our motivation, right? Yeah. And I really am upset by the fact that we are losing not only because it's for our Italian heritage, but Italy and what it represents. The culture, the faith, the works of art, the the love, the community, all of that, uh, family, the world needs it like desperately, not just like a little bit. It needs it desperately. It does need it, yeah. And I do believe we have a responsibility to uphold it. Absolutely. I, I That is a, every time I tell people what I do and why I do it, if they're not Italian-American, I know they look at me like, what are you crazy? You people assimilated a generation ago. You're like a relic, and I, I always make clear to them, no, we have something very special. We're really good at our best at being human beings, at appreciating the small things, at making things beautiful, at loving, at, at surrounding ourselves with family and putting up with crazy families and knowing that there's a safety and a strength that comes from that, even with the, the good and the bad. We are a great human model at our best. So if we can distill that, explore it, study it, preserve it, and make it its best form, it's a service to ourselves, it's a service to the nation at large, and it's a service to the universe. I mean, that's what this is all about for me. What What is our secret sauce that makes us special, and how can we share that with everybody? Because it's it's simple stuff. It's family. It's family. And as far as, like, my Christmas in Italy, the thing is, when I started it, I didn't realize it, it was going to be also a way to, to preserve Christmas. Yeah, I know. Be- we have to fight for even You're for that. You're absolutely right, yeah. That's so true. this is a public expression of our beliefs at Christmas in a very entertaining way, along with the music. I'm flying in. His name is Carlo Ionzo. He plays the mandolin. He's from Genoa. Mm. And two mandolinists that have played with the Metropolitan Opera. But when you hear Carlo play that mandolin, it's like an extension of himself. I love that. You cannot believe how he plays. So it's worth it. You know, fly him in. And then we have a tenor and the adult choir and the... um, you know, Santa Claus even comes, <laughs> and the kids love him. But the thing is, I wish, I would love to develop this more. I don't know if you could possibly help in sure. some way. We, um, we're we working on a, I got a letter of intent to air in primetime from PBS television. That's great. And my co-producer partner, so to speak, he has won five Emmy Awards. Wow. He, he filmed Pavarotti, he filmed Winter Marsalis. But we need some corporation funding or foundational support. And I do believe it's a great opportunity. It is a great opportunity. And then also my vision for this, it is raising funds for charity. I mean, is it as much as I would like? No, not Uh, yet, but you you never know, right? So the the other idea I have, and I'm saying it on the air because you never know, is... I always admired Paul Newman because he had those products, spaghetti yeah. sauce and yeah, yeah, to yeah, raise. Yeah. So I wish that this vehicle, Christmas in Italy, would be an annual thing um, with product. Yeah. I even have some ideas for pasta and things like oh, that cool. we can talk about if you like. Sure, I'd love to hear. Because I could use a good business brain and, uh, I don't you know, know how good I am, but I give you the best I can. Well, you know, I mean. Do, do you cook a lot? I like to cook. You do, yeah? I'm not a, the world's greatest cook. but <laughs> if I, You like it's half the battle. I did have someone's very dear in my life who unfortunately passed away 
from a brain tumor, and I was kind of forced to, to learn how to cook because he was Italian. <laughs> and when good. I met him, I couldn't even boil an egg. Really? I didn't know how to, like, make a hard-boiled egg. That's my wife. That was my, my wife is uh, learning more and more and more. But yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, but now I'm proud of it because, like, I'm not a great cook by any means, but I could put something decent definitely yeah. together right away. But lately, I don't have the opportunity. Like, I opened the cupboard or whatever the closet i'll see my espresso pot and i'm like i remember those days <laughs> so I know. like we used to sit down and have coffee have like espresso, normal people you know? we've had that conversation here many times yeah it's hard it's hard to it's hard to keep up those things <gasps> you know what I, I, well, I think it's we're, we're guilted now like that you who, who what what person has the time to sit down and have coffee and a piece of cake so it's, it's sad, gotta be right yeah it's kind of an uh, it's kind of now an indictment of a lack of success that you have it's the uh, direct opposite of what it should be yep that's the that you just nailed the crux and that's what the italian life experience really is about that the that the value should be you you take the time you've you have the priority and the clarity to make the time for that cup of coffee not the value of i'm too busy because i'm successful it's true. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I get a little sad about that, actually. Yeah. But I'm trying to find a balance. And uh, maybe you guys could come over. We'll Absolutely. use the espresso pot. Put it on. You know? He, he's got a, he's got a, well, you got the copper Neapolitan ones, I right? Question of coffee yeah, pot, I have so. the old yeah. ones. I swear you turn oh, them upside yeah. down. You I love that. Come up from the bottom. Yep. You know what? I got one right here. Uh, I got oh one from gosh. Stella Dora Cookies made it in the 50s or 30s maybe. Yeah. Oh, for heaven's yeah, sake. Yeah, I love that stuff. That, uh, to me, take the time. Learn how to do those things. Like, you know, look, are there easier ways to make a cup of coffee? Yeah, there are. But there's something beautiful about the smell of that, the way it bubbles in the pot. And oh, yes. flipping it over. It's just, you know, having to wait. There's just something beautiful and elegant about those things. I, yeah. I think that there's a lot to be saved from a slower way of life. I really do. So this concert's coming up December 8th, 3 p.m. It's a Sunday. Don't go yeah, to that's right. It's the Immaculate Conception. That's one of the reasons why I put it on that day. That's the December, the, the Immaculate Conception is the start of the Christmas season in Italy. Yes, and is it's the National Feast that. Day National Feast Day of the Two Sicilies. Two Sicilies, yeah. It was, yeah. The, it was the 4th of July. The two that. It was the day that Two Sicilies would bless the banners. Yeah, it was the day that they declared the kingdom. Uh, yeah. uh, the, the second time around, when they united the two crowns. The Immaculate Conception was the personal family patron of the Bourbons. Yep. A beautiful holiday, uh, one of my oh, favorite. That's when we were that. in Malfetta. See, you have now in... taught me so many things. I want to <laughs> put it in the program. You thought I was so much dumber before you sat down here. <laughs> he ain't that dumb. I mean, he's not. I mean, he's not as dumb. <laughs> I did. The kid. The head. Don't judge a book. You know what yeah. I mean. You're amazing. Thanks, Christina. You're amazing. You're amazing. So, well, we're gonna try to come out. I I would love to come. Um, a to support you, B because it's great entertainment and it's great. Oh, to I love it! Go out the there, season. go out there. Listen, if you're sitting around Thanksgiving and you want to know what to get relative X, what is the perfect gift? Two tickets to Christina Fontanelli's concert. That's really true. You know, I I have to it's say it's a gift that keeps on giving. It's a great point you make because in Italy it's the official kickoff. Nowadays, you know, it used to be we had to wait till Thanksgiving. Now corporate. America so pushes like there's Christmas decorations out now mm. and it's all muddled and it's commercialized but like I'm always looking particularly as I get older for a good way to put me in the season because you know in the old days you had a school vacation so you you know you're waiting for gifts in Santa Claus or you're waiting for the fan but now every day bleeds into the next and you don't even know what day of the week it is let alone the date 
But what a great way to spend a Sunday. It's an important day in the history of the South. And, and millennials love experiences. It's a great, I mean, you So buy that millennial in your life a yeah. Christina Fontanelli experience. Yeah, out there, if you're listening out there, you can go on ChristinaFontanelli.com. That's C-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-F-O-N-T-A-N-E-L-L-I.com. And for a dyslexic, that's not easy, so I hope <laughs> I, I got that right. Um but it's a it's a coming up on the eighth, and I think it would be a wonderful opportunity for everybody out there to just give themselves some family time and some Italian time. Frankly, get the you know a little injection of Italian and Christmas before the season starts. That's fantastic, and it goes to a good cause. It does. You can't we beat go. That. We we have some a couple of fans that have been coming for sixteen years. I mean, we have people from all generations, and one of the things I write in the program. I said thank you to my mother, my father, my grand. You know, I write it all down, and then and to my fans that have gone on to Paradiso. Ah, because through the years, you know, you could you hear it because part of my show they sing along, and then through the years there were less people that knew the words. Wow. but the people still love it. Who doesn't love our music? If you God, know, they we... clap along or whatever. Is but... it been noticeable the amount of people who don't know it compared to when you? Oh, started? through the years. Oh yes. Wow, that's yes. A, that's amazing. Yes. Definitely, because the old timers, you know, oh, yeah. um, and uh, I have so, a, f- a handful of nuns that come. That's great. They come to my shows. They're my groupies. I said, "Look, <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg has." You know, <laughs> I, right. I have my yeah, own like sister. sister act. Act. Are they Italian nuns? Yes. Why don't you put them on stage? <laughs> well, well, one of them. I mean, I don't know. Mater, even those Mater, they're getting <laughs> that's sister act. We'll yeah. have to dress them up. It's yeah. a great idea. I'm telling you, you're brilliant. Yeah. Oh, listen. <laughs> sit here for a couple hours with him. You'll have five new shows. Uh, you know, you talk about the older generation. You bring up a great point about the changing generations, and I have two questions for you. You know, when you were coming up, learning opera, I think the Amato Opera House was still around down here. It was like the last of the Italian opera houses, right? It was, yes, this little tiny place on the Lower East Side. Yeah. And, yes, I did. I sang in the chorus of La Traviata. Wow. And I sang in the, uh, I did something in the chorus of the Magic Flute. Wow. And I'll never forget it. I had a job. Well, wonders never cease. I mean, it's like. I love Mozart operas. That's why. fabulous. So listen to this. So I had a job as a legal secretary at the time. To Can, we make, the, hold on. Can we make the Brioski commercial from the Magic Flute? That'll be the next yeah, one. Wait, you just threw out crazy. But that's not an Italian tune. No. Come up with yeah, something. Yeah, but Germans give you Ajita. has to be Rossini. <laughs> Germans give you Ajita. <laughs> just like, you know. So you, you were at, you were doing so the Magic anyway, Flute. So anyway, I so had, I had a job as a legal secretary, so I had to go out and get, like, nice clothes. So the, in the Magic Flute, they put me in a – I would go after my job – and they put me in this like cubby hole with this stuffed animal head on a stick, <laughs> and I, I had to go in there with my nice clothes on and stick the the animal head out like on the. Th- well, needless to say, I didn't last at the at the <laughs> Amato Opera that long, you know. I can imagine. But I went on to sing. I learned my roles. There was a place called Madame La Puma. Yeah. Madame La Puma was a little old lady at that time in a wheelchair with. With plastic flowers and a and a and a and a bun and and she Only would play in New York. and her daughter was one of the top coaches at the Metropolitan Opera. Wow! Madame La Puma could p- play all the notes, all the operas, all the and I started learning. I started singing La Traviata. 
which for your listeners is she's supposed to have consumption, you know, tuberculosis mm. and supposed to be not be overweight. <laughs> I was at the height of my weight at the time because when I decided to be an opera singer, I don't know why. I just, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, I can eat, you know. It fits the bill. So she was on the Upper West Side in a church. No scenery, no singers. The chorus was like, but I took it so seriously. I was so into like dying. You know, the last <laughs> act, they covered a, a That's lounge. That's a very Italian response. <laughs> they, they, lounged, they covered a lounge chair, you know, like a plastic sure. lounge chair with a sheet. That was supposed to be her bed <laughs> that she died on. And I had a friend from acting school in the audience. Well, this is exactly what happens. I'm dying on the bed. My best dramatic. I just graduated from the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. I'm singing. I'm dying. The the, the chase lounge collapses. It collapses, uh. and I start crawling across the stage. And my friend, like there are ten people in the audience, and he's he's losing it. I mean, the, I have stories of my you early done it days yeah. that. And then the next thing you know, I was being paid to go like to the Catskill Mountains crazy? And, and, you know, sent out one of the Italian festivals. I'm getting off the opera now, but one of the Italian festivals was in Milwaukee. Oh, it's the biggest in the country. Now, I did that for like 10 years in a row. Yeah, that's a, that's a fantastic one. When I went out there. I didn't know there weren't only Italians. There's Polish people. There's German Everybody people. Everybody comes this thing. So I, I had to learn. I found uh, Marvin Lewis was his name, an arranger. Thank God, a comedian that was doing the Borscht Belt gave me his number because I couldn't afford to pay an arranger. I didn't even know what I wanted to sing, even if I could afford yeah. it. They would make you sing a song you don't. So I found Marvin Lewis, who had what he called retreads. They're used charts that somebody else sang. Works for me, That's right? That's how I learned how to sing in all different keys, pop songs, Mala Femina. He had Statovicino Ame. And then he had like the Sound of Music medley so that's what i took to milwaukee that's amazing and i started learning good for again, you god bless you, know? you. That, uh, you are absolutely just charming and so Aww, wonderful thank I, you. you know as i say you give so much time to the community you, you you still do a lot of these things you volunteer at all these different things anybody out there that you see now of young up-and-coming italian-american talent that you think is particularly um bright well you know what i mean I do. I mean, I see. I think being an Italian, it's innate. You're you're talented. I, I think I, you're right. What I can share with uh, some of the younger artists, perhaps, is that because it comes so naturally, we can even undervalue. Yeah. Like I didn't understand my gift at all, because it was just natural, like breathing. I mean, I had to study. I got my technique, but um, there are people, and it's. I wouldn't be able to mention exactly because another thing is i feel sorry for the next generation in a way because like the italian festivals don't really exist anymore you yeah. know they're using just bands or track music yeah. or uh, it's harder to get opportunities to learn to be an, uh, an entertainer We've cheapened per our se. own culture yeah because these italian feasts went from being a celebration to money makers or attempted money makers. Attempted money makers. so they've gone cheap on everything yeah yes so let's go cheap on entertainment and they try to replace real people with CDs. Yep. And they try to, you know, they and they are they are reaping the benefits. And they cut out a whole generation of Italian American talent. And I see a lot of these young kids, um, like you know, I I, I got to know uh, Jenna Esposito and uh, Vanessa Rachi, and they, like they're keeping the songs alive. And I love that because it ain't easy today. 
because the audience is not Vanessa's the same. Vanessa's fan. I mean, I don't know Jen, but Vanessa. I mean, I'm yeah, I just they're, they're fighting Vanessa. Vanessa. She's doing Vanessa. lovely. Yeah, they're really she does up. the jazz versions, yeah. which are interesting. And yeah. I love her voice. And yeah, you know, I think that's really admirable to to go out there and really try to keep these songs fresh. And you know, it's I wouldn't envy them today. You because you almost have to even introduce Italian-Americans to them again in some cases. You know, a lot of people Absolutely. are not like, I know we grew up in a kind of rare way, especially Pat and I, because we had grandparents that were born here. So I don't know how we just, we are both nuts and we grew up with all this music and stuff, but a lot of people, they love it when they hear it and they go, oh, I remember that song, but you're reintroducing the crowd in a lot of ways, you know? Oh, it's, yes. a, it's a tough one. And it's tough too because the you know the, our culture is being diluted now. So where's where's their? Future? I think culture is di- being diluted in, in general. general. He's it's right. Like, oh, it is. We're, we're taking we're taking well, the train to coarseness. Well, we're yeah we're we're becoming less civil I, and I more homogenous. I was horrified. I went to I don't know. You can edit this if you want, but I was. <laughs> someone said, "Oh, you have to go see this show on Broadway." I don't even know if I should say the name of it, but they were cursing and. Kids were in the audience, and it was singing, cursing, it's and terrible. glorifying drugs. And I I'm would like, never cut that out. I mean, it's <sighs> it's just a shame because when you, oh, when I you was do that, so... you desensitize people to it, and you don't realize. But that where's the beauty? Like, there's no beauty in it. it. Where's the beauty? Uh, that... Art is supposed to be an active, an act of the beauty. I mean, I know there's going to be somebody's going to freak out, but you know what? Write the nasty letter. I never see them anyway. But <laughs> I don't see coarseness of its own vulgarity. Of its, if it's of its intrinsic self having any worth. No, I agree with you. Vulgarity for the sense of vulgarity is, I don't know. It's it's silly. It's silly. It's wasteful. It's wasted words. It it doesn't. Yeah, but we add, have it's not we, added but also we have an educational system that does not educate kids in art. No, it's true. Oh, may I say something about that? That's another thing that I wish and I have a vision for because. I have studied this. There is data that supports the fact that classical music and the arts has health and societal benefits. I always say this at my shows. Congratulate yourselves because today your blood pressure is being lowered. You're right. Your cholesterol is being lowered. And it's been proven to lower the crime rate and children learn better. Yep. And and yet they're taking all the arts out of schools how much does it cost to give a kid a violin or put a piano in a classroom? Or, or it's, it costs a little. Do you know, why? Do you know why? Because they concentrate on high school sports because they think their kid's going to become rich, famous, and have a free ride to college. And if being an excellent violin player got you fame and fortune and a free ride to college, then all of a sudden everybody's going to want their kids playing the violin. That's just the culture we're in. If you're offended, have a nice day. But that's that's. <laughs> yeah, but that's I don't think it's are. smart. But we're missing. Yeah, the and we're, but again, it's and that's why we have kids who are not well bound. Yeah. So they don't have any appreciation and for. Unfortunately, suicide is the number two reason for children being killed. That's you know, whole, dying. Yeah. That's how a whole is, series. How is exactly? Yeah. How is it happening? So. My little way, you know, it's a dent, yeah. but at least it's hey, something. Everything, everything is, is a push in the right like direction. Like even this, I, I was very gratified because some of the people, like the kids in the choir, the chorus, and the parents, they didn't believe. They did all this stuff, you know. And But this year I was around a couple of them. I won't mention names. And then all of a sudden they're speaking like with more faith and more. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, okay. So at least for that afternoon, they're uplifted. They're yep. hearing the m- music. They're with their families. Yep. You know, and uh, I mean, can I just jump in? Like, sure. The Italian American immigrants. My gr- my grandma's father was illiterate, and he couldn't sign his name. 
He had absolutely mm-hmm. no formal education. And he loved Caruso. And he loved Caruso's operatic works. So it just goes to show that this is not something that should be removed or is incompatible with average everyday Americans. And progress. And, 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 and Sure. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> I mean, there's a million ways you can go with this, but that's why, you know, we're not teaching our kids. And education is failing them because they're, they're not, they're graduating high school with no real appreciation for the arts, which is part of the human experience. And it's a big part. And I used to think it was just because they needed to be well-rounded. But when you look into the scientific reasons why it's important, neurological, metaphysical reasons, absolutely, all of a sudden it takes on a whole new meaning. And also, um, it's been proven, maybe someone's listening and we can make a dent, you know, that if artists go into a community that's depressed... Without fail, that community comes up oh, because look, the creative. My neighborhood in Brooklyn. But once they opened up all those old factories, the artist lofts, the entire. I mean, the people resisted, but it's it's additive to the beauty. It's additive to the culture. It's additive to the experience. You you know somebody who may have never been introduced to art in their life is going to stumble on somebody creating something and ask a question. If that one person gets affected, it's a it's a huge ripple in the pool. It is, and yeah, it just changes. It brings everything. up the economy of the everything, area. Everything, everything. So there's so many. I think we're missing it in so many ways. You know, the arts, the ar- artists in this country, especially in Europe, they still respect artists more. Yeah, but um, I think that artists need to be more like business people. It's hard and. When I became more business-like, I started producing. That's when I had more, you know, success, That's actually. Y- you do take it, like, when I took on this show, I decided to learn how to edit. And, you know, I, I may not be the best editor in the world, and you may still hear some clicks and things, but I wanted to learn it as an art. I wanted to craft a story as art because that's it. you know that's and it has a huge impact it does yeah it, it, you you put soul into everything you know art that's the beauty of art you may not have to love the piece it may not be your style or your kind of kind of music your kind of painting whatever but um, if it's really good then you can see the fingerprints of somebody's heart and soul put into absolutely. it absolutely you may not have to understand it but you can you can feel that and that's to me what a great way to pass on humanity you know. I think it's so right. So the, God bless you for doing this e- this podcast. Hey, God bless you. You are Aww. doing a great job. You are contributing so much to so many people. And uh, you are a great guest, as always, just charming and f- uh, fun to be around. We would have you back anytime you want to come in and talk about any topic because we could do a whole episode on coffee. <laughs> or, you know, chestnuts as you're here. So please, feel free. Come back anytime. We'd love to have oh, you. Oh, thank you. I'd love to. Now, I got one question before we go. What is your all-time favorite opera? Oh, okay. Well, Tosca just ran into my mind, my brain, because it m- was meaningful, and you get to kill the baritone and, you know, and keep <laughs> singing. Just, and It's beautiful. It's Tosca's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like... Uh, Do you like killing baritones? That's <laughs> <laughs> a whole other show. That That's a whole other show. That's a whole other show. Tosca is... Might be up there on my list too. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. Oh. First opera I ever saw. I didn't saw. know you loved the I opera. Love See, I didn't the even opera. know that. Love the opera. My wife loves the opera. My oh. parents. Yeah. I love my grandmother. I don't know. John's how. classy dude. Yeah, well, right. you know, you'll have to come out if you can this summer yeah. too, because now I'm in charge so of opera and Broadway of the Hamptons. Oh wow. Yes, because there was a woman that ran it for like 30 years, and then she retired abruptly. And I said, okay. And I used to sing leading roles, you know, Madame Butterfly, La Traviata with them. And uh, I said, I, I don't want to let this die. 
Yeah. So I took it over, and we've been running in the vineyard in the Hamptons Duck Walk yeah, on yeah, the yeah. North Fork. Very successful. It was uh, chosen as Newsday's Pick of the Week. That's and, awesome. And then this past September, we had an event, a, a concert in Guild Hall in East Hampton. That's amazing. And we, I usually call it uh, Christina Fontelli and her fabulous friends because my name is the thing that's actually fueling the ticket mm-hmm. sales Good. still. That's I mean, at some point, maybe we hard could work. do... Yeah. No, you I know, think it's great. But you should come out. We do the chestnuts of the opera in the first. We have a great tenor, great baritone. And then the second half is Broadway, Italian songs, classic, you know. And, awesome. Uh, with college students who show their talent. They're incredible. And it gives them an opportunity to showcase their talents. And out there, I've been in charge of it for the last, I think, five years. Wow, it goes fast, four <laughs> or five. So I'm building it up out there, too. God bless. You know, and... Um, yeah, I have other things going on, you know. We yeah. have uh, 54 below in April, April 22nd, and I'm setting up perhaps in the spring the great international songbook to, you know, highlight world peace through song and have other children of other backgrounds involved. Flamenco, I did it a couple of times. People loved it. We had the flamenco guitar. We had the balalaika, the mandolin, of course, the accordion, Parisian and German. And um, and at the end, we had Americana, and I had a gospel choir come in from Harlem. That's awesome. Oh, it was, and the kids danced the rumba and the cha-cha. That and must have been fantastic. Oh, it was, it was fantastic. Music it, is the international language. It is international. Yep. And um, I'm looking forward to building that up, too, you know? That's wonderful. Well, I hope people out there have enjoyed the time we spent with Christina. We love being with her. And uh, like I said, you can go to ChristinaFontanelli.com. You can see what's coming up next. And if you're coming out for Christmas in Italy at Carnegie Hall, uh, let us know through social media because uh, I'm going to do my damnedest to be there. What a great! I'm so glad that it's on the Immaculate Conception. What a great way to kick off the holidays. Do you see John? He's going to be handing out autographed Brioski Christmas <laughs> ornaments to hang on your tree. Yeah, we love that idea. And you can roast chestnuts outside. But listen, no, I want to invite you both as my guest. We can save a pair of press seats. Oh, now listen. The seats are precious there. I'm already getting agita because, yeah. <laughs> like, all the front seats are filled up and the VIPs want to sit, you know. But I will save those seats for you. What I would t- love for you what's to be there. Uh, it's at 3 p.m. See, I don't know. And I'm, I'm I didn't double. mention our beloved Tony LoBianco. Ah, uh, the best. He will be our MC. He's the best, and he's Tony. Been, he is, another he's guy a great who gives so guy. much of himself. He a beautiful does. Soul. He yeah. does. And his beautiful wife, Elise. And yeah, they're wonderful. He'll be our MC, so they'll be there. And, you know. Be good to catch up with everybody, too. Gosh, I haven't seen him in a while. That, yes. It's going to be a great event, and uh, I don't mind standing in the back, believe me. I Just just to be around would be. They don't even allow that. Oh, yes, Carnegie Hall. Of course, am I talking about? No, yeah. I really mean it. I they're know. so strict. <laughs> so I really will save uh, those seats for you. Just please let me you. know. And then, because if you're not in them, we'll put someone else you're in the them, best. you know? You're too good. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed. This has been a wonderful way for us to start the Christmas season uh, a little early. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody out there at the show on December 8th. So. From Pat and I, uh, and all of us here at the Italian American Podcast, thanks for listening. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Shoot. Thanksgiving. I'm such an idiot. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And if you're Canadian or Australian, enjoy the day work. Happy Thanksgiving.